Welcome everybody to Too Legit to Crit, a tabletop role-playing podcast hosted by two guys who get bardic inspiration from the ketchup song. <laughs> oh my god, no, why? Why would you do that to me? <laughs> oh, that's going to be stuck in my head. See, it was a toss-up between two. It was either Chumbawamba... <laughs> I do love a bit of Chumbawamba. I wouldn't mind that. Oh, the ketchup song. And I yeah. thought the ketchup song was just even better. Yeah, I do love a bit of Chumbawamba, though. I do have a bit of ketchup song trivia, though. Do you? I do. Now, this is something that every fucking Spaniard knows. Mm-hmm. We grew up knowing this. And I've only just recently seen it crop up on Instagram where people go, Did you know that? So, the ketchup song is actually a cover of Rapper's Delight. Huh? Ketchup song? Yeah. And Rapper's Delight. Yeah. The Ketchup song is a... Well, not necessarily a cover. They 100% sample or try to sample the lyrics. What? Uh, you, uh, you know, because there's no way I'm, there's no way I can explain it to you without singing it, and I refuse to subject our listeners to that. You're gonna have to explain this to me next time I see you. Then, I Google it. Just Google it. I will. I will. I'm gonna because right, that but... that's that's broken my brain. <laughs> so, rappers delight. Do you know how that starts? I, I do. I do know rappers delight. I know it very well. Right. It's a good song. So imagine Rapper's Delight, like the first line of Rapper's Delight. Yeah. Sung by a Spaniard who doesn't know how to speak English. Oh, no. (laughs) Now, this is something that as a Spaniard, I've known ever since that fucking song came out. And I saw it the other day on Instagram and everybody was losing their fucking minds. And me and a bunch of other Spaniards were going, how did you not notice this? Okay, because anybody who doesn't speak Spanish doesn't know what the fuck any of the lyrics are. (laughs) The thing is, they're not lyrics. They are attempts to sound like rapper's delight. See, I I had a feeling that you were going to say that the song is just bollocks like the, it, it has no lyrics they're just saying random words that's what i was expecting you to say <laughs> no there are lyrics in there at some point i don't know them i've got nothing nothing about them uh, but the the actual acid a hit ha, that is rapper's delight it is yeah gee oh my god <laughs> right no not happy so with let's that, move on <laughs> on that note my name is john santana my brain is broken, but I'm still Justin. <laughs> yeah, wait till I get started on Macarena, dude. That is... Uh, no, I love that song. Don't you leave that song alone. Don't let your daughter listen to it. I wasn't going to. It's, it's... Yeah, anyway... No, she, that... she, she plays enough stuff on repeat in this house. I'm not putting anything yeah, else the, on repeat. The lyrics, let's just say, are not child-friendly. <laughs> Well, she's learning Spanish, so she will know herself. It's fine. Oh, she will. She will learn. Um, yeah. So, how are you anyway? Have you I'm good? Have you recovered from your? <laughs> I don't want to call it a mental breakdown. Uh, um, um, I'm recovered enough to continue recording. <laughs> you know your your emotional sort of outburst. <laughs> Which I loved, by the way. Oh, what about Winnie the Pooh last week? 
Yes. That 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 continued. Um, so we we had a, a second session of Fabula Ultima, as you know. Unfortunately, you weren't able to make it, but your I character your character wasn't involved anyway, so it's fine. Um, but the that that continued that whole. I'm, I'm going to call it a rant because it it's what it was. Um, <laughs> that continued well into about a half hour into that session. Um, <laughs> Of me talking to the other guys at the table, which be like, guys, this doesn't make sense, right? And them agreeing with me. So I feel vindicated at the fact that other people have agreed with me. Um, no, no, none of our listeners got in touch to tell me that I was wrong. So I'm taking it as that means they agree with me as well. Um, and if you don't agree with me, it's too late now. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I've, I've recovered. Um, it didn't help that uh, my, my daughter has decided to... She's somehow, I don't know where, I don't know where she, I genuinely do not know where she got this from. She has a Winnie the Pooh storybook. (laughs) I have no idea where it came from. I never bought it for her. My parents never bought it for her and she somehow has it. Um, And for the last like couple couple of nights and days, she's basically just brought me that book and been like, daddy, read me this. So, you know, fr- fresh wounds every night. It's like she knows. Um, but no, I've recovered. I've recovered. Yeah, I I was very disappointed that no one disagreed with you just on principle. Just whether it, whether I, I think they actually I, like, believed I think- it or not... <laughs> I just wanted people to kind of go, now you see Winnie the Pooh performing amazing feats of dexterity on a day-to-day I, I think, basis. I think because I was so right that even just on principle, people couldn't find it within themselves to disagree with me. I can. I know you can, but that's because that's who you are. <laughs> yes, 100%. If I know it winds you up and I'm going to get the reaction that we got last week, fuck <laughs> Yes, I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to find every possible way to wind you up. If your daughter did not have a Winnie the Pooh storybook... You're going to get a one. I was 100% going to fucking get a one. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm, I'm glad she had one already. Because <laughs> that means you can save your money for buying uh, new awesome stuff. That is true. That is true. Although, right now I'm saving money for, you know, Christmas... Yes, where you spend money on new cool stuff for other people. Yes, and I just got my like my son's birthday soon. I just got him lots oh, of cool shit. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I, I still have no idea what I want to get for my daughter, but she's getting really into rolling dice and stuff, so I want to, I kind of want to get her a really nice dice set, but she's also young enough that that's a bad idea. <laughs> but you can get, like, kid-friendly dice. Yeah, I might like, I might get, she's like, I don't know if you've seen it when you're around here, she's got, like, a really big foam D6. Oh, um, no, I didn't see that, but that's awesome. It is, it's really cool, and she does, like, she'll walk around just throwing around the house and then shouting out what she's rolled, which is really cute. Um, but I kind of want to get a, like a whole set of those really big foam dice because I think that would be really cool. Yeah, I mean, that would be really... I mean, one of our mutual friends, uh, when my son was born, um, he bought him like a big um, fo- like foam mm. uh, D20. Nice, yeah. So so fucking awesome. And I mean, the, the thing as well, right, is there's, um, there's a, a foam... Like they they do foam for like uh, furniture and stuff like that, not too far away from where I live. 
Um, so I, I could, if I can't find like a full set online or something like that, because giant foam dice, you're probably going to find like D6s, D20s, but probably not a lot of others because, you know, D20 is iconic, D6 most well-known dice in existence, right? The others are kind of, they take back, take a backseat to those two a little bit. So I might struggle to find them uh, unless if anybody out there knows of a full foam dice set, get in touch, please let me know. Um, but if not, then I might just go to that foam foam place around the corner for me and uh, see if they can cut them for me and stamp them with the right numbers and stuff. Well, speaking of the different dice, mm. all right, something um, kind of came across my 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 feed on Threads today. Mm-hmm. All right, and it was the guy's handle is RPD Eshays, I want to say. And he basically brought out a post and went, this is the number of published games that I know of that use the Breathless system. I designed this open license system a year and a half ago. And he posted a picture of like a ton of these fucking games using the same system. So like, obviously that was going to pique my interest. Standard, yeah. So I had a look at it and I haven't really delved too deep because literally this was earlier today. Mm Mm-hmm. But he's got an SRD yeah. online. So I've gone and checked out the SRD, and it has got a, a phenomenal fucking mechanic that I absolutely adore. Yeah. And I just wanted to highlight it. So Breathless is a zombie apocalypse survival game. Love it. All right. So running away, blah, 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 eaten, etc. All that. All right. So what this does is your skills and your roles are determined, or should I say, your competency in in skills and all that are determined by dice size, which isn't new. A lot of systems do that. Fabula Ultima, for example. Yeah, Fabula Ultima does it, yeah. All right, so it's the same sort of thing. However, here's the twist. Every time you use a skill, Mm. your dice size decreases. Oh. So let's say you use a D12 for acrobatics. Yeah. All right. So the objective is, if I'm not mistaken, is to get four or higher. All right. So you use acrobatics, roll your D12, succeed, whatever, or fail, whatever. But mm-hmm. when you next use acrobatics, you go to a D10. And then when you next use it, you go to a D8. And. Oh etc etc and so forth what you can do is you can catch a breath Mm. which will reset all of your skills however when you catch a breath the gm introduces a complication oh interesting so it is like your typical zombie movie yeah you know, they run, they escape, and every time they kind of stop... Yeah, stop to have a breather or something like the, that. Like The relentless nature and the ongoing sort of threat that is the zombie apocalypse catches mm. up to them. Interesting. And I saw that and I just went, what a cool fucking mechanic. Uh, that is Rex. I, I quite like that because... It's something that I feel like a lot of um, like those survival games, and I mean even like not not just survival games, right? But even like D and D and Pathfinder and that to a degree as well is the 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 long rest or or taking you know taking a break from adventuring mechanics are so forgiving. Um, 
that even if you do interrupt it with like a, oh here's an encounter um or something like that which let's be honest that's that's one of the main ways we do it right in 5e and and pathfinder and stuff is like haha no long rest tonight because here's some goblins right um like having something like this though where you kind of take that break to reset everything but now hey guess what you're trapped or it's it's just a really cool like twist on that like yeah it's fine take a break yeah you're all well rested <laughs> guess what <laughs> yeah and and that's the thing it it perfectly sort of um codifies the the relentless nature of what the zombie apocalypse sort of subgenre is meant to be yeah in in a in a in a in a way that that makes it make sense yeah so yeah the more you use a skill the more it's going to burn you the more yeah, you're the, gonna the get more drained out, you get the yeah. more drained you get so the moment you stop and catch a breath all of a sudden the door bursts open and fucking zombies pile in you need yeah. to run again and yeah i don't normally kind of shout things out but i read this and went fuck that is good mm. that is really good so um it was released in in march um march the 1st 2022 and it is a zombie horror role-playing game where you play survivors trying to stay alive in a walled city full of crawlers. The entire game fits on two sides of a letter-sized sheet of paper, making the perfect game to print at home and enjoy for a nice, cosy, zombie-killing one-shot. Mm. Um, it is $5.99. And it you is... You can't really go wrong for that, you can, can you? You know, it's... I mean, for us, what's that? Four fifty. Five Something quid? like that, yeah, five, yeah, about five, yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm happily pay that. Yeah, and, and and again, it's just like, yeah, let let's play this, let's crack this open. Mm. And the writing, uh, layout, and design is by Rene Pierre Deschers Gelinas, who is also the, and it's published by Fari RPGs. So check that out. Yeah, it's called Breathless, and I was quite impressed. If like. If anything, for that mechanic, I, it's going to make me want to read more into it. I think, I mean, yeah, just that as well. Like, I, I think it's one of those mechanics that, like, here it's a it's a really cool mechanic, but I think it could also change the way, like, like I say, the, the way we break up those long, or not break up those long rests, but, like, have some kind of, uh, not punishment, that's the wrong word. Um, Complication. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that is actually the perfect word for it, yeah. Um, because, like, it's one of those things that that's always been a bit of a, a sticking point for me with a lot of RPGs, right? Is you're you're pushing through this dungeon and you're like, oh, we're just gonna stay in this room here. That'll be fine. Um, and then like, oh, you might get interrupted by like you know a wandering thing that just happens to find you in that room, or you don't get anything at all. And it's like, it's just a little bit. Uh, it breaks the immersion for me a little bit because like if if I'm pushing through a dungeon right and i'm slaughtering everything in my path or whatever and then i hole up in a room for a while i'm expecting them to start barricading the other side of that door to keep me in there that would be a funny turn it would be brilliant right <laughs> um but yeah so i think that'll be a really cool thing to to not only ha- like see how it works in this properly but to maybe then incorporate that kind of complication mechanic into other games that we play 
Yeah, so this one is, de- for me, this one's definitely kind of going on a list of some description. Yeah, Probably I, my I shopping agree. list. Yeah. Because I do want to kind of give it a give it a spin one now, just kind of yeah. see how it goes. Obviously, with it being quite a, quite short and designed for one shots, then then mm. I'm happy to to spend a session playing this. But just that again, I mean, it's it's similar to 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 bind. I've had the similar sort of reaction when yeah. I saw bind's skill mechanic. It's like holy shit, that is genius. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Bind, I had a nice little catch-up with Marlin the other day. Oh, did you? Yes, he approached me about something that we said on our show. Oh, And <laughs> it was regarding, I think we spoke about building backup characters, and my point was I recommend against it because you get so engrossed in the backup character oh, that yeah, you yeah, kind yeah. of lose interest yeah. in your main sort of thing. And... I'm not. I don't. I'm not going to kind of go into to what was said, but he kind of wanted my opinion on a mechanic that he wants to try out for Bind. Okay. Um, so if you guys kind of want to follow that, you should head to uh, Bind's GitHub page mm-hmm. and just kind of see, you know, his entries and you know my entry, of course. Yeah. Which <laughs> you know I I put out there, which I think could be quite cool. No, I mean, yeah, it is, I mean, it's always nice as well to to catch up with people that we've spoken to in the past as well. That's always quite nice. But I'm intrigued to hear what this uh, this idea is. But I'll I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll wait. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can. Like, I mean, I don't. I don't want to kind of say something out of turn course, because yeah. no, no, with it being course, on the yeah. git, it's more of a suggestion than than yeah. anything that's going to get implemented. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to say something and people go, "Oh, that sounds really cool." I want to invest and then Marlin for whatever reason decides, decides to go another, to, yeah. Yeah, in yeah. another direction but no, all the updates for bind you can catch on the github yes no that sounds really really cool and i'm looking forward to looking at that later speaking of things though no See- really cool <laughs> okay okay i appreciate the the vague segue but yeah okay. uh-huh. very vague there, there is a really cool magic item that exists in the world of tabletop role-playing games that i think everybody has heard of and that is the deck of many things we have we have indeed and um, we've heard the horror stories we've heard the funny stories we've Everything all in between. types of stories, <laughs> and then the amount of people have gone. Yeah, but this one time on Critical Role, that I, I can't can't be fucked. <laughs> so the reason I bring it up is the deck of many things uh, is returning as a physical thing that you can purchase officially. Was um, it was it ever originally released as a a prop, as it were? Uh, not officially. So there are places that you can buy a deck of many things. Um, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Pathfinder had its version of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the the deck of many things was originally released in third ed, so three point five would have had it as well, which is obviously what Pathfinder stemmed off from, right? So it makes sense that it would be in there. Um, but wizards have basically said that there is a new version of the deck of many things being released for D anD. d uh, along with a new source book, which is going to be all about the astrology of the world and stuff like that as well. Um, with the original deck and 44 new cards. So the deck is going to be a 66 card deck. Um, 
So the book will come with a physical deck, um, including new artwork for the old cards uh, and obviously the new cards that we're getting. And then releasing alongside that is um, a guidebook explaining, you know, what all of the cards mean and all, all that sort of thing. Um, and, you know, what happens and the rules of the deck and things like that. Uh, and then, yeah, the source book called The Book of, the book of Many Things. <laughs> so they're keeping uh, in theme then. Yeah. This is funny that. Um, which will basically have a whole bunch of ways for DMs to incorporate the item into their campaign without breaking the game. Because let's be honest, that is the, the number one concern of introducing something as powerful as this into a campaign is it, is it could break it, right? Like very easily. They could pull the wish card and just wish for the campaign to be completed in a way that is, you know, to their satisfaction and it's GG's. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, most of these things are going to be GM discretion anyway. Yeah, so. of course, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think that that's pretty cool. Um, and you know, it's it will be released in just over two weeks' time, November fourteenth. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's going to be about seventy nine pound or ninety nine ninety nine in uh, freedom dollars, US dollars, um, and. Yeah, it, it comes with the the book of many things, the guidebook, and then the physical deck. So, considering all the like the three things you get in there, that's not a bad price. No, it's not. I mean, I, I know for you it's too much because it's wizards and it's five e, but for us five e players, it's a good price. <laughs> yeah, I, I do not want to finance those people. Right? And, I probably honest, will be. <laughs> honest, it's it's almost like a repulsion at this point. <laughs> you know, I think about buying a five E book, and all of a sudden, I I choke up and and can't breathe. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I, I should really see someone about it. But yeah, I'm, there's there's no fucking way. Basically, is what I'm trying to say. Well, I mean, you, you say there's no way of you're financing that. I believe there was some news about something that you have fi- financed recently. Was there not? There was. There was. Um, and one could one could probably correctly assume that I've probably financed it out of a bit of spite. <laughs> because it's essentially 5e with the serial numbers filed off. <laughs> but Cobalt Press have released their Black Flag gaming system as the SRD. So Black Flag is what powers Tales of the Valium. Yeah. Which is it's essentially 5e. You know, I think they've made some minor changes, but it's they've kind of geared it towards the people who are somewhat sceptical mm-hmm. of the future changes coming down the pipeline for D&D. Mm-hmm. In a, a similar way that, that Pathfinder stemmed from 3.5, I think that is the play here. That is what they're trying to, to do. Yeah, I think I think this is uh, as you say there. This is like the the five E version of Pathfinder, essentially. Yeah, I mean, I've read it, and don't get me wrong, I don't hate it. Um, and I've happily financed it, and I'm going to have the book for my collection, mm-hmm. and I may even run it from time to time, depending on how well it runs. But the SRD, obviously, Black Flag, fucking great name. It is still a great name. It is. After much protest, they decided to release the SRD under that under that name, which I'm actually kind of happy about. 
I'm surprised you're not taking credit for it. <laughs> I think some credit should be going my way because, you know, there were a few Facebook comments that I made. Well, I mean, we did also uh, talk about how they shouldn't have changed the name and that's an amazing name. And they should definitely keep that name on many episodes <laughs> of this as it well. Was, it was my version of the Winnie the Pooh thing. It was. It really was. <laughs> you know, it, Mine, mine was about a a creative endeavor. Yours was about a beloved character, which I you mean, have absolutely shat on. No, I didn't shit on the character. What I shat on was the ridiculous stats they gave him. But we're not going to get back into that this week. <laughs> I see you, what you're trying to do. <laughs> you, you, you use the words. He's a fucking moron. He is. <laughs> And it is recorded for posterity. I stand by it. <laughs> what happens if your daughter gets into Winnie the Pooh? Are you ever going to show her that episode? I or will. Is that, and, she, is that, and she will agree with me that he's a fucking moron. Or is that the one you're going to skip? <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. We're not going to listen to that one. Why not, Daddy? There, there, there no was no episode 29. No episode 29. Didn't happen. <laughs> didn't happen. They went 28 you, to 30. You, you were really ill that week, so I didn't record. <laughs> went to 28 to 30. We just thought we'd keep it in. We'd, we'd make it a mystery. We'd spice things up. <laughs> Your daughter stood there with a fucking Winnie the Pooh t-shirt on. <laughs> okay, fair enough, Daddy. Uh, but speaking of things that I, I thought I was going to have a rant about this week, but after reading it, I'm not. And I'm both relieved and upset that I, I don't have to rant about this. Um, but I did see that, and you'll probably know a little bit more about this than I will, uh, Paizo announced some price increases. Yes, yes. Now, I was ready to get up on my soapbox about this and be all, you know, high horsey about raising prices and blah, blah, blah. But then I, I read that they're not changing the price of the core books because they don't want to stop people getting into the game. And I was like, fuck, that was my critique. <laughs> You see, this is what goodwill buys you. <laughs> you know, Paizo have not pissed away all their goodwill. So when they raise prices, which is something that all companies, if they want to be sustainable, have to do at some point. Mm. So when they raise prices, nobody kicks off. Unlike, hmm... I wonder who, <laughs> I wonder which shit company uh, I, I can mention that recently raised prices and I don't know everybody lost their fucking minds. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> but I mean, looking at the price increase as well, they've, I mean, they've barely even increased them. Like across the board, it's not massive. You know what I mean? No, it's, it's not um, huge. It's and like a couple of dollars here and there. And also, I think because Paizo is like, what is it now? Pathfinder 2nd Edition. It's only mm -hmm. like three years old, three, four yeah. years old at the most. So they're, you know, they have like, they changed editions. So there hasn't been a 10 to 12 year gap where no prices have increased. So that means yeah. the price hike can be marginal. Yeah. Whereas in Wizard's case, yeah, they, they hadn't changed it in like They hadn't changed years. the prices in 10 fucking years. Yeah. So when they did change the price, it was like, yeah, we're pushing this up by $10. Yeah. Which, again, I'm as much as I like to criticize that piece of shit company, 
Um, I can't criticize them for that. Yeah. That is a company being a company. This company being sustainable. Yeah. But everybody kicked off because it came not long after they'd already pissed away their goodwill. Yes. Yeah, they, they did do that. Um, but yeah, I think, um, you know, it's, it sucks to see it happen, but obviously, like you say, businesses, they need to make money, right? That's, that's what businesses do. Um, and if they're not making money, then they tend not to be businesses for very long. Um, so, you know, it's understandable, um, that they do have to increase the prices. And like I say, they said that they, they aren't going to be changing the core rulebook prices, at least for the first printing. Um, because they don't want to, you know, put put players off from getting into the the game and the system, um, which is is good. And I that was going to be more one critique, right? If if you bump up the the entry cost to to get invested, less people are going to take that dive. Um, so holding off on doing that was was a good good move on their part as well, I think. And there is also the other aspect of it that. You know, not everybody can afford to invest. Yes. You know, however, Paizo, since day one, have offered their entire rule set for free Mm -hmm. and legally. Yeah. Well, that's how we got into it. So that's how we got into it. We 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 were using archives of I think I think we were using PFSRD back then, which is a a third party, but still going off the SRD, mm-hmm. but Archives of Nethys, you can get the entirety. Every single book is on there for free. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I I will always kind of advocate for supporting the companies that you like and, and helping them make sure that they carry on producing this content. But at the same time, if it's not something you can afford then by all means, go on to Archives of Nethys and get the rules from there. And you're not doing anything dodgy. It is 100% legal and blessed by Paizo. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that also kind of helps that, you know, because D&D's always kind of been... Um, um, It's always been... the D&D has always been kept behind a paywall. I would disagree there. The SRD, um, the SRD's been available, but D and D, you you on the SRD, you cannot get or you couldn't get all the rules. So with D and D Beyond, you can create a free account. You don't have to make any payments or buy any books, and you you have enough on there to build a character and play. You've got enough rules to to do that. You you won't have all of like the um you know the the new races and the new classes and all that shit from the new books, um but you have all of the base stuff for free on D and D Beyond. Exactly the base stuff. Whereas for Pathfinder, you've got everything. Hmm. So D and D has always had that paywall. Um. Again, yes and no, because as long as so if somebody's got the books, they can share them with you on there. And then you have access to everything as well. So you don't have to pay for it. Somebody has to at some point, but you don't have to. Yeah. But I mean, that I'm not criticizing. This is just a different marketing tactic. So to, to be able to enjoy D&D fully, you or someone you know has to buy the books. Mm-hmm. Whereas for Paizo, because it's Pathfinder, first edition, second edition, and Starfinder, 
that isn't necessary. You can fully enjoy the entirety of the game without necessarily spending a penny. Going on to other systems, Mm -hmm. the One Ring's Tales from the Lone Lands released um, has a release date. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tales from the Lone Lands for the One Ring system, which I now own. Yes. Finally. <laughs> has a release date, which I'm now currently fucking looking for. And I cannot see. Um, I also can't see it. Yeah, it says te- the one ring. Oh, tells- November fourteenth. Thank you. <laughs> At least fucking one of us can see. <laughs> I should really be wearing my glasses for this. To be fair. Yeah, it, it, they don't actually say outright that that's when Tales from the Lone Lands is releasing, but then later on they do say also on November fourteenth is Ruins of Eriador, which is the five E version. Again, that's a, that's the the keeping everything separate again. Mm. You know, but I I still want to run that. I still want to give that a whirl. I think it'd be good. Be a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so through the hedgerow is an upcoming tabletop role playing game that has in that has been inspired by Neil Gaiman, his Dark Materials, and Wurzel Gummidge. <laughs> I've got like really vague ve- memories of Wurzel Gummidge. I don't. Yeah, I mean, it was this, like, creepy kids show where the, about a fucking scarecrow. Well, yeah, because, I mean, it was, uh, it was a British TV show, wasn't it? Yeah. Back in, like, the 80s or something. Um, and I didn't live in the UK back then. Um, so, and we didn't really get UK TV shows. Um, but out in South Africa, we got, we got mainly American ones, right? Because... They seem to be more popular worldwide for some reason. It's yeah. almost like that's where Hollywood is. Um, <laughs> that is true. That's so crazy. You heard um, it. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Hollywood is in America. It is. Yeah. Over on that side of America on as that, well. On that. On the on far that side. side. Not this side. That side. On that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's my technical breakdown of the layout of on America. That side, on yeah, that, that side. Yeah, that side. That side is, yeah, not this side. This side has Disney World. That side has Hollywood. Definitely not the other side. No. Nobody wants, the other side. Nobody goes to the other side. We don't talk about the other side. We don't talk about the other side. <laughs> anyway, we don't I like, I like the fact that there's going to be some listeners in the States that aren't from the East or West Coast going, are they talking about us? I have no idea if they're talking about no, us. No, that's the, that's, the, that's the middle side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're the middle side, dude. You're, you're the middle side, guys. You're chill. It's cool. Yeah. The other side is like the flip side. It's the side nobody <laughs> wants to talk about. It's the side where people say they're going to see you, but they never do. They never do, exactly, yeah. They never see you on the flip side. Never see you on the flip side. This has um, taken a weird <laughs> turn. It has, and I don't know how we got there, but I'm here I for it. No idea. We're um, talking about sides. I mean, the, the, and- <laughs> This definitely seems like a very you style game, though, right? Because it seems very horror esque, um, more so than than the kind of stuff that I'm normally getting involved in. Um, especially looking at the the little bits of artwork and stuff in in this uh, this press release. Um, but it looks pretty cool. Like I'd be down to give it a try. Yeah, I mean, players can create their own fake creatures. Choosing from all manner of strange beings, such as animated scarecrows, intelligent spiders, and sorcerous birds. 
or decide to play as a mortal who has stumbled upon a world they had no idea existed. This is all sounding very like Roald Dahl book to me. <laughs> Quite possibly, yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, like Intelligent Spiders, that's like what, Charlotte's Web? Um... <laughs> is Charlotte's Web Roald Dahl? Is it? I, I think, is it? I don't know. I, I, I feel like I need to Google this. I, I am. I know there Charlotte's is a story. Web. Charlotte's Web is not Roald Dahl. Charlotte's Web was like a is like a drama movie, isn't it? From E.B. E. White was the author, but yes, it it was a film. But um, yes, yeah, so not Roald Dahl. It, but that's still very. It's a very Roald Dahl esque story, right? Well, it tells the story of a livestock pig and a friend and his friendship yeah. with a barn spider. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, and there I mean, is a Roald Dahl sort of. <laughs> Yeah, my my um, kids currently going through those. The Roald Dahl books, they were yeah. good books. But like, it, it, it's it's still like the the point I was making. We digress <laughs> again. Is it, it seems very much like um, maybe a more horror esque version of those kind of worlds, right? So, um, like the just the oddly shaped things and people that don't look quite right because the just the proportions are like way off to what people should look like and stuff like that you know what i mean yeah i mean it it looks it's i think it's something we should definitely put on the watch list yeah i think so um it is due to be released in may 2024 yes um very reasonably priced as well yeah i mean it's not massively expensive is it no it's about 28 pound for the hardback yeah i mean you can't really fault that can you would definitely be worth a little cheeky, uh, cheeky look. And like I say, the, with the whole, you know, Faye and stuff like that, it feels very you-ish um, and yeah. definitely something that I could fuck around in and find out. Yeah. <laughs> I like the way you put that. That is, yeah, I, I did enjoy that. Um, so just a bit of bundle news. Mm-hmm. The, you know, these are, bundles that have kind of cropped up on my radar um a bit of a theme um because there is a bit of um like horror you know it is the halloween period i refuse to refuse to call it spooky season you just did i've refused i fucking hate I i don't know when that became a thing but fuck that because it's the season to be spooky john Oh, it's the season to <laughs> fuck off. That hurt me to say, I'm not going to lie. It does, it does, it does, it fucking, oh, I had a, did I tell you about my really old man fucking moment when? You did, yeah, you yeah. did. I think I might have mentioned it, it's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know that pumpkin spice bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, so there is a Ravenloft Halloween sale, and I think this may apply to, or may appeal to you slightly, okay. um, because it is D and D, but but it is horror. But you can get stuff like the Curse of Strad Companion, the complete edition, for fifteen dollars ninety six. The Madhouse of Tasha's Kiss Adventure for four dollars. That's not bad. Happy Jack's Funhouse. There's a lot of there it is. That is that is a big ass bundle. A big list, yeah. 
You know, and some of them are only like a couple of dollars. Yeah, I might have to have a little scroll through all that. There's a lot of Strahd stuff, which yeah, makes sense. I'm seeing that. Um, well, because I mean, it's it's a big like vampire esque adventure in D and D, so that makes sense. Yeah, quite a popular one. I mean, I, I, I yeah, see a lot of people. I haven't played. I haven't played it yet. I see a lot of people kind of going, "Oh, I want to convert Curse of Strahd," so it must be. Mm. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it, it is one of the uh, the very popular ones. That and Tomb of Annihilation are like yeah. the, I, I would say probably the most popular two in Five E. Uh, yet to play either of them. Do you think they're more popular than Descent or Horde of the Dragon Queen? Mm, I don't know. I don't know because I mean I think Descent into Avernus is 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 popular as fuck. Yeah, but I just I, I don't know if maybe it's just the the forum posts that I read or the Reddit posts that I read, but almost all of them seem to be about Strahd and uh, Tomb of Annihilation as well. Hmm. So like it, it it just seems to be like maybe, maybe it's more of like a, a rite of passage game, right? That every five E player plays at some point. Um, and I'm still yet to play them, but I have been told that uh, somebody will run them for me, so I'm looking forward to that. But. Well, another thing that's come out on Humble Bundle, mm. which I am such a slut for Humble Bundle. You are. Um, yeah, that Vampire the Masquerade thing, that's get that's yeah. getting got. It's getting got. We got a message from a listener kind of going, fuck you guys, I bought Vampire the Masquerade. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so Roll20 have got a Humble Bundle come out and you can pay 24 quid and you get a whole bunch of shit. You can get... Dune Adventures in the Imperium, the Pathfinder 2nd Edition Beginner Box, uh, Alien Archive, there's Tales from the Loop, Starfinder, Fate, um, different battle maps, templates, Fallout. You know, it's, you know if you are on Roll20, I, I moved to Foundry a while back, but if you yeah. are on Roll20, this is a, a very good bundle for a very low price. Mm-hmm. So that is is good uh next up we have uh speaking of humble bundle there is the best of warhammer by cubicle seven um 23 warhammer books for 20... 15 quid again i'm tempted but i don't play Jesus warhammer h christ yeah i mean i'm tempted because um soulbound <laughs> So the the thing is, right? That's not Warhammer the the like war game. That's no, no, Warhammer the, R- the the RPG. So you don't have to play Warhammer to. No, but I mean, I it's I should have been more specific. I'm not a big fan of Warhammer. Right. Um, gotcha. 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 Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay Fourth Edition. Gotcha, I played gotcha, it and gotcha. it was I just couldn't get on with it. I've played yeah. Wrath and Glory. That was fun. Mm-hmm. But I am interested in this new one, the Soulbound one. Well, uh, there's some Wrath and Glory books in that Humble Bundle, just saying. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> problem, the problem for me with Warhammer mm-hmm. is I cannot fucking take it seriously. Yeah. It is so over the top, the setting. Yeah. That I always kind of think it's massively tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, I, so, I get what you mean. It's like, it's so serious that the only way to kind of... You either have to embrace it or, like, laugh in its face. Those are the only two options, really. Yeah, and I, um, and I, and I think 
it can like sometimes when I play it because a couple of my players are quite big mm-hmm. Warhammer fans, so I play it and I do not take it fucking seriously <laughs> yeah, at I mean, all. <laughs> I I tried playing the the Warhammer like role playing game um, at one point as well with some people, and it was a really cool system. But I just think it's not it's not for me. Um, like it's. I feel like it's like I said. I think maybe it's it's just too serious for me. I'm not a very serious person. You know this about me. Um, our listeners have probably figured this out about me uh, <laughs> by this point. I hope. Um, I I take very few things seriously. Um, and even if I do take something seriously, I deal with seriousness with humor. That's that's how I I, I crack jokes. Um, Except for when it comes to Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, because fuck that, that was wrong. That that's that's not seriousness. That was a mistake that needed addressing. Or well, moving on. Oh, I love this so much. <laughs> um yeah, so you know, it was um it was a really cool system and I, I I enjoyed the the mechanics of it. I just think like you say, the setting was just a bit too serious for me. Well, I mean, to be honest, I wasn't a huge fan of the mechanics for Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay. I -hmm. did enjoy the game that we played. Right. Um, You know, fantastic GM, fantastic group. And I think all of us were in the let's take it semi-seriously. But still... I was the idiot of the group, and I mean, my that's, that's fair. my wizard's apprentice, Mister Francois Gamismeg. <laughs> Love it. You know he was he was just just a fucking idiot, and it was fun. It was fun to play, but I wouldn't like. It's not a system I would like to particularly run. Um, in terms of wrath and glory, I can't remember my character's name for that. That was a stupid fucking name as well. Something like blade. Oh, I'm fairly certain I've got you beat, but carry on. <laughs> so I think because it was so like on the nose and so sort of metal, it was something like blade shark eagle crow, or, <laughs> or something like that. It was just a really fucking stupid name. Please, please make that Edgar's nickname and fabulous. <laughs> oh no, I've got plans for Edgar. Don't you worry. Fantastic. Well, so I would be interested in in the other one, the Soulbound, and see what that's all about. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. I mean, yeah, I think like like I said, it's just uh, the settings are a little bit too serious for me. Um, but I I did enjoy when I played it. I just think, um, yeah, th- there was elements of it that just yeah didn't didn't work for me personally. But that's my personal issue, not an issue with the game as such. So yeah. So now that you've mentioned Fabula, tell me like, yeah. what the fuck happened. <laughs> I've been hearing shit. I've been hearing uh, shit from other people. Right. So, obviously, second session of Fabula Ultima happened uh, this week, just gone. Okay. John was unable to attend because he had previous plans and they did not fall through. So he was not in attendance for this session. Which kind of worked out because th- this whole session led to our characters meeting up with uh, Edgar and the rest of the characters from Press Start. Um, now, I I was in a real issue with trying to come up with a character concept for this this campaign because I don't watch an awful lot of anime. I don't play an awful lot of RPG-style video games or anything like that. The main video games I play are first-person shooters and stuff like that. 
Now, which put me at a, a real disadvantage for coming up with some kind of character trope to, to play on, right? The main anime that I do watch, however, is Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z and all of the, the other variations therein. You and I kind of do share that, though. Yeah. Um, I'm not massively into anime or like the JRPG scene. So, yeah. you know, I think had I had I had to to create a character, I think probably in I, a similar boat. I would probably kind of lean towards Dragon Ball. Well, you'll be pleased to know that Saiyans now exist in our world. <laughs> because of course they fucking do. Of course. Um but before we got to that point because I'd spoken to Couch before, and obviously my favourite character from Dragon Ball, as as you probably know, he he's the background on my phone and my PC, uh, is Vegeta. I actually have a mini of him on my desk in front of me right now that I printed and painted myself. Um, I love Vegeta. Vegeta's my boy. Love that man, right? So I spoke to Couch uh, and said about, you know, how would I build a Saiyan-like character and all that sort of thing. And he, he sent me a build and I kind of kept stewing on it for, for a while. And then we got to the day of the session. I still hadn't decided what I wanted to play. Um, so when a couple of the other guys got here, I started running through some ideas with them and we went down a fucking rabbit hole. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so... I'd just been watching Archer, so I thought, oh, it might be cool to, like, make, you know, that kind of really cocky secret agent type character, but uh, that runs into the problem of he's not really a team player, so yeah, I don't know how well that would work in the group setting and stuff like that, because his whole kind of thing is that he doesn't need everyone else to do what he does, right? Um, so I thought oh, I'll, that kind of ruled that out. I thought about playing a Vegeta-like character, but again, Vegeta doesn't really play well with others, right? Um so I, I kind of I moved on from that. Then I thought about a really cool character to interact with with Edgar. I was going to basically make Frodo, uh, not Frodo. I was going to make Samwise even, and Edgar was going to be my Frodo. Okay, I, I feel like my input needs to be had on this, but anyway, carry on. So. so- so, you know, it'd be things like Edgar's going to go file some requisition and I'd be following him and be like, of course you are and I'm coming with you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all of those moments. Um, and then like, but for some reason, and I kind of like, I jokingly brushed that aside and we kept moving on. But for some reason, I kept coming back to that voice and I don't know why. <laughs> so then, <laughs> kind of half as a joke and then it turned into what my character actually is. I thought, what about, what about a Saiyan farmer? <laughs> Right. He's a bee farmer. Okay. And the whole reason he's traveling is because the smog from, you know, the, the mechanical people's city, uh, the, what do they call it again? The Elonians or whatever? Something along those lines. Yeah. I really need to catch up. <laughs> yeah. The, the smog from their industrial revolutionary thing has basically drifted across to the the island that the Saiyans live on, which is called uh, Vegetable Isle Isle. <laughs> Fuck me, that's a mouthful. Yeah, that was the point, because Couch has to say every time was great. Um, yes, not only that, but spoiler alert, I'm going to have to fucking say it a couple of times because of our fucking questions today. Yes, you are. Um, so <laughs> the smog kind of came across and killed off my bees. So he went out looking for a new place to, to basically farm 
farm bees. Um, but most Saiyans don't leave Vegetable Isle Isle, right? It's they're very tight knit group, the Saiyans on Vegetable Isle Isle. It's their island, it's where they're all from. Um the main the capital city is Soup City. Um and the little village that my character lives outside of is called uh Yorkshireland. <laughs> Honestly, the only thing that is coming to mind for me now yeah. is League of Gentlemen. <laughs> See, for us, uh, the whole session was the greater good. <laughs> for me, it's the Le- League of Gentlemen. This is a local town for local people. Local people, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Um, so my character... <laughs> I decided to go down the whole uh, Saiyan naming convention of using, you know, fruit and vegetables. Uh, oh, so random his, things. Yeah, yeah. So his name is uh, Po, P-O-H, apostrophe, T-A-Y, Tay, and then his surname is To. So his full name is po To. His brother, because we went through the whole family tree during character creation for some reason, his brother is Potato, and then they have two sisters, Tomato and Tomato. Okay, out of everything you've said, that that has to be my favourite thing ever. Like, so even if Couch kills off this character, I've got three backups already. No, I mean, that has to be my favourite fucking... See, that is the bit that was never told to me. They yeah. told me they told me your character's name, and I went, all right, fucking hell. It's called a fucking character potato. Fair play. Yeah. But yeah. the whole potato, potato, tomato, tomato thing, <laughs> I think is, is fucking borderline genius. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the introduction for the character went pretty well. Um, Couch wanted to kind of get everybody involved in a combat with their new characters so we could all kind of like test what we built and stuff like that. Um, I was the only one that got involved in the combat. Everyone else just kind of watched. Um, so essentially what happened was um, this farmer Saiyan guy in the middle of um, a franchise restaurant <laughs> You know, like those themed franchise restaurants where they have like memorabilia all over the walls and hanging from the ceiling and stuff like that. Yeah, it's one of those. Um, but the the theme for the restaurant is Saiyans. So cultural appropriation. That fun, exactly so. that. Yeah, like the literally the waiters are walking around with like tails hooked in and stuff like that. Right. Um, so when an actual Saiyan walked in, the whole place just went silent. And then uh, Chris's character, um, who was there with Cassandra, the character he played in Press Start. Um, were both in there and they kind of started like prodding and poking at me and stuff like that to because they basically wanted to see whether the the legends of Saiyans being great fighters were true um, and then at that moment these two guards wearing the black armor that I initially thought were the people responsible for the smog that came over and killed my bees walked in at which point they were like hey aren't those the guys that killed all your bees to basically make me go and fight them so of course i walk over to them and i just quite just walk up and say really sorry about this lads and just smash them in the face um and then because of the way my character's built if they hit or miss me um and couch rolls an even number for that attack that melee attack roll i get to make a counter attack so one of them charges at me and misses i'll just crack him in the face as well um and then at that point, I think Daryl's character tried to cast a spell at me, but he fumbled it and hit one of the guards. 
which then tr- and then it was my turn to act again so i cracked that one in the face and knocked him out clean and then the other one ran and i just knocked him out clean as well um and that was it that was the whole fight um because apparently yes the saiyan is very good at fighting even though he's a farmer that farms bees right. and he's just a very simple guy <laughs> well, it definitely sounds like um, i've got my work cut out for me yeah, um, oh, Edgar's going to have a great time because he carries around, um, like, you, you know, the, it's a modified, uh, like, hay fork. So, you know, those, like, really long poles with, like, two spikes on the end yeah. for moving hay around? He carries that around. That's his, his actual weapon. He didn't use it in the bar fight because it was just a bar fight. Um, but that's his actual weapon. It's a modified version of that. And it has the heavy spear stats and stuff. So, yeah. Oh, that sounds good. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And I think we should go take a seat on the couch. I think we should. I do you believe you've I, got a few questions? I, I, got, I got several questions, yes. All right. And I've got three questions. So do you want to start and end? And I'll fill in the slots in the middle. Sure. Let me scroll up to the first question. Um. Ah, is that the first one? Yes, that is the first one. So this is a question from Sci-Fi. He's off to the great deer hunt, but he'll be back soon. And he expects veal meat again. (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. I I only just got that reading it out loud. (laughs) Because like when I read it, when he sent me the the, the messages, so for a start, he sent them like um, in the middle of the day on Sunday, some of these. so like I wasn't overly with it because I was just like chilling, um, and yeah, I, I yeah I I just got that, so I apologise for not getting it sooner. But yeah, I the hate, question I hate that and I love it at the same time. Yeah, no. The question is, what type of encounters do you like the best, either as a player or GM? As a GM, I like the epic sort of encounters with a build-up. Mm-hmm. You know, I uh, I like it when you create a sort of sense of dread in the players. Yeah. When they know there's going to be a fight, they know there's going to be an encounter, and they know it's going to it's going to pin them to the wall. Mm. And I like that sort of reaction of everybody, everybody being on edge. You create, you, you present it, you, you do your crescendo and then just roll for initiative. And that, that for me is, is definitely one of the highlights of GMing. Mm-hmm. As for, as a player, unfortunately I don't really play all that often. <laughs> um, but I, I do like the, the sort of cinematic feel, mm-hmm. you know, when people are not necessarily getting lost in describing, but when the, the actions that people do kind of fall into that sort of, um, setting, that sort of cinematic sort of over the topness. Yeah. I, I, I like those. Um, I think for me, it, it's very, very similar in the, and and this is from both sides of the screen. I like this uh, uh, playing and running. I like those encounters where there feels like there's genuine consequence. Um, you know, it, it feels like at the end of this, one group is walking away, either us or them. 
I like that. Yeah. Um, because I, I feel like too often you'll get into like some combat with, I don't know, some bandits or something like that. And you know that you're going to wipe the floor with them. It's just a matter of just rolling the dice till you do. Um, so th- those really big moments where you're like, oh, the, the, this, this could go sideways. I like that. Yeah. And as a as a DM, I like being on the other side of the screen when you see the the player's faces register, "Oh, we could die here." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, that oh, we we fucked up moment is great and I love I, that. <laughs> I had a, a, a similar experience last night mm. in in my homebrew campaign and to be honest, it wasn't a we fucked up. It was, "Oh my god, things are not going our way." Mm. It was a tough fight. It was a boss fight, so you know the 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 deck is loaded, and you know the consequences are real. Yeah. The problem was, I was rolling like a fucking demon. The players, not so much. They were rolling like me. <laughs> not that bad, but bad enough to to you know. I think by the end of it. Three of them were down. One of them was like one hit away. It was, oh. yeah, it was rough. But yeah. yeah, the dice, they they were not on the player's side yesterday. And it I was mean, it, it happens. It happens. They fucking hate me today, though, but... Eh. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think I think that, that answers it. Um, I do believe so, yeah. I think so. Yeah. All right, so the next question is from the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Couch. Hey. Who ran a session but back to IKEA? <laughs> it's true. He ran it from IKEA. He ran it from IKEA. Yeah, yeah. Fun fact. I think that was one of his. Anyway, but anyway. So, would you ever <laughs> include a proper survival mechanic in your game? In some Western RPGs, they have a proper survival mode where the characters need to eat, drink, and sleep. I know we have even hand waved this before, but would you ever enforce it in the name of realism to a game? Your answer uh, first. Yes. I think if if the the setting like is right for us, so like like for example that the the zombie survival game we mentioned earlier in in the show, right? That that whole thing is about survival, so you can't hand wave away the survival elements of it because that is the whole point of that story and that that whole like that whole game, right? Um, so I would say if you're playing some kind of survival story then absolutely I, I would. Um, or, or likewise, if it's something... So like with my, my pirate campaign, I am very carefully tracking things like rations and cannon ammo and stuff like that because if they don't plan ahead and they're like, oh yeah, we'll be fine, but they've got like two bits of food left, there's going to be consequences for that, right? I'm not going to just hand away, oh yeah, like you guys managed to find a stockpile of food somewhere out in the ocean. Like... No, they have to plan ahead and stuff like that. So if, if the story is right for it, then absolutely I enforce it. I I think in a game, not necess- it doesn't necessarily have to be a survival game, but I think in any sort of game where it is viewed through the prism of realism, mm. then yeah, 100%. And like, for example, the case in point is Delta Green. Yeah. Delta Green is is not a realistic game. You're dealing with eldritch horrors and etc cetera, etc, cetera, but it is viewed through a realistic setting. It's what yeah. would happen if these things kind of 
showed up showed up in our reality how would we deal with it so a lot of that and and a lot of delta green is is dealing with certain conditions so for example and trigger warning i may mention things here which which people may find um uncomfortable but mm-hmm. there are mechanic in there are mechanics in Delta Green for obvious sanity loss, but then that could lead to stuff like addiction yeah. and and things like that. But also there is there are mechanics for stuff like hunger, mm-hmm. and it isn't necessarily tracked meticulously. It's a case of right, okay. So what have you eaten? How many calories? No, it's a case of yeah. You guys have been working all day. At no point have you stopped to eat. Yeah. You guys are now going to feel this. You're going to feel somewhat aggravated. You're going to. It's going to play on your mind. It's going to play yeah. on your sanity. Um, certain things you're going to be at a disadvantage until you eat something, and it carries over into things like sleep. You know, if you as a character spend the night burning the midnight oil, the next day you are tired. You're taking a minus twenty on everything. Yeah. However you can counteract that with substances. Yeah. So coffee will give you a boost for X amount of time. Um, tobacco, um, and then obviously other substances. But they, <laughs> obviously, everything has a downside. E- energy drinks, right? That's what you meant? Energy drinks, yeah. Yep. You yep. know, I didn't want to mention <laughs> Red Bull because we're not sponsored. Uh, that's a horrible energy drink. It Let's is. About one that I do drink, which is Monster, because it's amazing. And it definitely fits better in the Delta Green setting because it's all about monsters. How did you miss that? Have you not seen that fucking person on, I don't know, it's, it's a video on YouTube of this person kind of going, uh, if, um, what was it? Monster Energy Drink worships the devil. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where, where they go through like the, yeah, these symbols are actually just 666 in some num- some languages numbers system. And yeah, I've seen that. That boosted monster sales like it, a It really did. <laughs> it really did. To the point where you kind of go, did monster put this out? Probably. Did the company just kind of put this out? <laughs> hey, let, let's put somebody out there just saying crazy shit and just, see what sticks. Just, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Get ready for the best summer of our lives. Um, but yeah, hopefully that, that answers the question, even with the tangent about energy drinks. <laughs> Dude, people don't listen to us to hear about tabletop role-playing games. They listen no, to they us to the hear the fucking They want tangents. the tangents. I know. Tangents and segues. And <laughs> Justin, that's our episode title. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah, that's it. That's the one. Um, right, <laughs> my next question. Go for it. Uh, it's also from Sci-Fi. He he's been very busy, boy. Um, sending me lots of stuff. He's back from the hunt. It was a bit of a bore. B o a r. I'm liking. I'm liking his his. I'm I'm, I'm 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 so annoyed that I didn't get any of these when I read through them the first time, and I'm getting them now when I read them out loud. And it's pissed, it's pissed me off a little bit that I didn't get them. <laughs> but anyway, the question. Are you gonna are you gonna go on a rant? No. Imagine no, it, not. imagine it's Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> the question is what are some good alternatives to the cliche meet in a tavern campaign starts? Ooh. Yeah, that's a good one. There is an actual book coming out. There is. Yeah, we've spoken about it a couple of times. You don't meet in a tavern, which I'm sure <laughs> so that, has got an, that, that, that book. That, that, that's, that, your that would, that's your answer. That's your answer. Yep. 
Um, <laughs> go buy that book. There's your alternative. No. Um, yeah. I mean, we've had a few over the years, I think. Yeah. I mean, obviously the first one that, that I really remember was, um, cause I can't remember Scott's. I can't, I think Scott's might have been a tavern. Um, yeah, no, Scott's was, yeah, we, we all, we all met in a tavern, I think. Yeah, then we went to Skulls and Shackles where you press ganged. Yeah, you wake up on a boat. Um, and unfortunately, it, like, I'm going on things that I've played and a lot of it mm-hmm. has been pre-written adventures. Even the yeah. homebrew started as a pre-written where you yeah. basically, you're traveling together. Yeah. Um, Kingmaker, you get invited to a ball, to a, to mm-hmm. a feast at a... a uh, sword lord's mansion um so yeah i mean come on we we need to think of something original <laughs> oh god i don't know about original um one, one that i've uh liked and, and wanted to use in the past but haven't got around to it yet is um you've all picked up the same bounty and you meet at the like the the hideout of the bounty in question so it's it's not like intentional that you've all picked up the bounty. It's just you all happen to be going into the same place to get the same guy at the same time. Oh yeah, I like that. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, that is um, that is pretty good. So it's like an accidental meeting with, but you're meeting with like a, a common goal, right? Of you all are trying to get this person for the bounty. Um, because that could also lead to some some hilarity of you know tripping each other up and stuff like that as well because you want to be the one that gets the bounty which could be quite fun um but yeah, i think just just any situation that you can think of that would bring them together um you know like one of the the ones in for, for the Waterdeep campaign uh the dragon heist uh book for 5e um, it does start meeting in a tavern, but you've all been invited there by someone. So basically somebody's hired you all and just the meeting place is the tavern. You could change that meeting place to anywhere, right? You could meet at their their office or something like that. So it could be from an invite and they've been invited to a location um, and then they're all tasked with whatever the, the opening quest of your storyline is, um, is another one. Okay, so I've got one. Go on, him. All right, so... Similar to kind of what you said, but with a bit of a a, 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 a John twist. twist. Yeah, you all the characters are given a bounty, and it is one of the other characters. Oh, I like that. So each character is hunting one of the others, mm-hmm. and when you all get, you all kind of meet in this sort of big sort of Mexican standoff. Before anything can happen, you get double-crossed by the person who hired you. Yeah. And there you go. Yeah. A party is born. Yeah, there you go. I like that. That's a good one. I can never, yeah. I can never use that now because I've made it public. <laughs> you can. Just wait a while. People forget. Just not with anybody who listens to this show. Oh, you're right. You can never use it again. <laughs> never use it again. <laughs> um but yeah so hopefully that is um some good uh alternatives to the meet in a tavern um and obviously as we've said that that book that's coming out will have loads and we'll probably have the ones that we've just said 
Um, and if they don't, then we should print those so that we own them. Yeah, definitely. We, we should merch. <laughs> we need a merch store. We do. We do need a merch store. All right, so I've got one from Corvus, who's lost in the soup city. They had, <laughs> they have a lot of ale in the vegetable aisle aisle. <laughs> All right, so if you only if you had to pick only one system that isn't your top list system, i.e. five e for you, Pathfinder for me, mm-hmm. that you could only play for the rest of your lives, which would it be? Oh, um. I would, I would have to say, just on how much I'm enjoying it at the moment, it would probably be Fabula. Yeah, I, I do like Fabula. And I think as well, like, just because it, it is so open for world building, and that, that's a really core mechanic of it, is building out the world with the players at the table. Every, even if you ran the same story, the world's going to be different. Um, and I, I kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's got that... That versatility, the mm. even though you're just playing the same system over and over and over again, you can do whatever the fuck you want with it. Which yeah, is th- there is of, no set. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, for so- me, it would be. I don't know because I mean, the three that I play <laughs> are Cipher, uh, Delta yeah. Green, Blades in the Dark. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but by extension, you can only pick one. <laughs> by extension, Blades in the Dark can be powered by the Apocalypse. By extension, Delta Green can be um, basic role playing. So uh-huh. you know there are caveats, but I'm I would say Delta Green, like the basic role playing, because yeah. I just find it so versatile. Yeah, that you don't have to add the sanity mechanic. Yeah, you could just have it as a normal sort of slice of life, but. Shit's going down. Yeah, you just change the skills yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything else stays the same. And that is essentially basic role-playing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you add the sanity mechanic for Delta Green specifically, but, you yeah. know, it doesn't necessarily have to be that. Yeah. No, yeah, that, that's that's cool. I like that. Yeah, so yeah. Th- those are our answers. Yeah. Right. From Sci-Fi, again, another one. He's wondering why he went on the hunt, because he's a veggie. (laughs) Not as funny as the last two, but I'll I'll let it slide. Uh, And the question is, what are some good sources of inspiration for NPCs, films, books, etc.? Oh, shit. I like sitcoms. Hmm. Yeah, I like these big ensemble sitcoms where you just meet yeah, yeah. A, a variety of characters. I mean, take your pick. You've got mm. your Parks and Rec. You've got your yeah. fucking The Office. Big Bang. You know, Big Bang, Friends, fucking... Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah, where people are kind host. of yeah. lean to extremes. Yeah. So people are like um, very sort of strong versions of a particular character archetype. Mm. So that is kind of what I lean on a lot. Yeah. So, you know, it it wouldn't be the first time that I've kind of replicated someone like Kevin out of the office. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. so sick I think sitcoms are a wonderful staple for that. Yeah, I think mine's mine's the same. Um I probably have subconsciously used characters from other sources as well. Um without realizing probably a lot of video games um have influenced like NPCs that I've I've had um whether it's just, you know, the gen, gen like I can't even speak now, the general attitude of them. Um 
or something like that. Like, I, I wouldn't say that I've like taken a character um, as is from a source and put them into a game, but definitely like little bits here and there um, to pull together. But yeah, probably t- TV shows like sitcoms and stuff like that is, is a good shout because like you say, they're, they're so wildly exaggerated that they make for really fun NPCs. Yeah, and I think that's it. I think it is handy to have that sort of exaggeration because then you do create memorable memorable NPCs. Mm. You know, rather than having someone who may be a bit dim-witted, you have someone who is, you know, Winnie the Pooh level fucking moron. <laughs> See? I thought I'd bring it back. <laughs> I think that that is going to stand out and you've got a yeah. better chance of players kind of going, oh, remember that, dude? Yeah. 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 So, so yeah. yeah I'd Hopefully that, that answers that one. Mm-hmm. All right. So I've got one more from Corvus, who is in Soup City still. <laughs> the carrot signs make no sense. Why does that guy look like Yorkshire Goku? Or should that be <laughs> Yorkshire Goku? <laughs> All right, so if either of you could inhabit any world within any system of your choice, what world would it be and where applicable, what classes would you choose to be? Oh, okay. Um, The world I'd inhabit, I don't know. I really don't. Um, But I feel as much as I want to say that I'd be some kind of rogue class, I think just based on my personality, I'd probably end up being a bard. (laughs) <laughs> fair um just because as much as i like to think i'm sneaky i'm not <laughs> um, I, i'm just not like don't get me wrong right I, I i'm really good with sleight of hand right but that's because of doing magic which you know leans more into the bard thing um i also used to juggle i used to do magic i used to play a couple of instruments when i was younger like all of the signs of me actually just being a bard are there. I've just been denying them my whole life until this question was asked. So that's kind of is this like, a, is this like a moment for you? Is this a, it, it, a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I think as much as I'd love to say I'd be a rogue, I think if it was my personality going into that world, I'd probably end up a bard um, or, or whatever the bardic version of that world is. Right. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, if I could choose a world, don't know. I really don't. <laughs> ah, we can come back. So you know, shout it out if you uh, <laughs> if you think of something. For me, it would have to be Galarian, mm-hmm. uh, only because that's the only one I know. Yeah, pretty well. So I'd be like, yeah, Galarian. I can go here and there. I don't know what I know. What this part of the world is, I know. Yeah. I'm not going to this fucking part of the world because that is a very bad part of the world. You know, I'd kind of, I think I'd fancy my chances a bit more in Galarian. Mm-hmm. I think I'd be a bit more world wary there. If you went and like dumped me in Faerun or something, they'd be like, well, now I'm fucked. <laughs> God, I hate this place. But <laughs> um, at least in Galarian, I'd kind of know where where roughly i was where things and, are. Yeah. Um, roughly sort of um what to expect as for class i'm struggling with that because i like i always kind of figured 
figured myself for the sort of bard side of things. Um, especially like the diplomacy and, and the talking to people. But as you well know, I have got zero fucking artistic talent. You, you would be whatsoever. the crackest old wizard in a tower outside of town. That's who you'd be. I think you're not wrong. But I, <laughs> but, but maybe, maybe more of a sorcerer. Mm-mm. Maybe more of like a sorcerer of just like a very emo background of like just like oh fuck you guys I hate you all but I do I am quite charismatic when I want to no be. you would be a warlock you'd make I a deal I don't know would I think you would would I you would just because you 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 would you'd be you'd be the kind of person who would make a deal thinking that you could get the better of them and get out of it later on yeah but then I probably could to be fair exactly warlock. <laughs> Yeah, but we're talking. Ah, uh, fuck. <laughs> no, then, right. then, fuck it. I'm going witch. I'm, I'm going. I'm going Pathfinder witch because you still have to make I mean, a, yeah. You still have to make a deal with a patron, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have to, you know, belong to Wizards of the Ghost. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. Okay. You you would have a patron was was more my point. So whatever the the warlock equivalent in that system would be, which is there, witch. There is so. no actual warlock equivalent. Well, I mean, which is probably patron, the closest. Yeah, um, if you've got a patron as a witch, then that that would be is, the equivalent. Is warlock charisma based? Yes, it is. Yeah. See, warlock does actually fit better mm. because you know I think which is a wisdom based, and we all know I ain't Wait, got much of are that. They? Yeah, in, in Pathfinder, yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm talking about warlocks. Oh, that I, I, the, dude, five years. There's, there's, there's an easy. Yeah, I know there is. There's an easy way to find out. I can never remember. Uh, I'm just going to load up the warlock that I built and see what I built him as. I'm fairly certain it is. Um, sounds like, like it, I'm like, sounds I'm like, like 99% sure. Yeah, it's charisma based. Thematic, I've just loaded up my character sheet. Like it okay, I'll is, concede yeah. to being a fucking warlock. I win. So I'd be a warlock in Galarian kind of going, <laughs> you don't want to go to that other place. It's fucking shit. It's horrible. I escaped. It's <laughs> It's fucking shit. Wait, that's it. That's how you got out of your deal. You went to a different world where they have no power. Like, no, no, fuck <laughs> They this. can't collect. It's like, fuck this place. It's like, I'm going, man. Fuck this place. That was, like, that was the whole reason you made the deal, was to get strong enough to make a portal to a world that was better. <laughs> the, what, while the Pinkertons were hot on my tail. <laughs> well, I, I think we just wrote a campaign. <laughs> All right, Okay. Let me just boot up Obsidian. Yeah. <laughs> oh, could you imagine, like, build 5e characters and then just play in Pathfinder? Don't change your stats. Don't change any spell abilities or anything. Just just move them to Pathfinder. Oh, that just sounds like a fucking headache. It would be so funny. Oh, my God. Right. Anyway, moving on. Hopefully that answers that question. I think it did. Oh, I've got one question left. All right. Okay. So this is also from Sci-Fi. He has been busy, uh, hasn't he? He has. He got very busy. Um, he, he said that he's trying to level up his questions. He's been a few... He, the last few weeks were too grubby. Um, get it? Grubby? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> was that a you one or was that... A- no, that was him. That was actually him. Fair enough. Um, he's just talking to a fa- fake meat salesman. It's made from pixie dust. Apparently, it's been flying off the shelves. <laughs> um, his question, and the question's actually food related. 
Um, what are good sources to have on veal or wild boar? You know, because he's, he's got all this veal and wild boar from the hunt. Right, okay. Huh. <laughs> so not tabletop role-playing game related. Nope. Okay. Food related. Food related. <laughs> Ooh, sauce for veal. Probably like a red wine sauce. See, you would think so, but I've I've often found from, you know, the, the copious amounts of veal I've eaten over the years, being the, the sophisticated person I am. It's not true at all, folks. Um I, I actually find that a, a creamier sauce is often better. Yeah, and to be honest, um putting red wine sauce on veal mm. might not work because it's a bit dear. Mm. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yay. <laughs> Oh, right. Take that sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was fucking terrible. Um, and wild boar, I think, just because like of the kind of meat that wild boar is. Really rich. I'd have to say, yeah, some kind of like a, a, a like a really nice gravy would be good. Yeah, not yeah, you don't want anything that's gonna kind of overpower the overpower, the yeah. You, you so, want it to just complement it. Yeah, like, you want something be in the background. subdued. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think a, a gravy would, would probably <laughs> work. Yep. And then you play tabletop role-playing games. Whilst you eat your veal or your wild boar, yes. T- dude, that is something we should do. And this, is, this wasn't my idea, actually. This was mm-hmm. Chris's idea, because he bought, like, a, a D&D cookbook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, and he said we should, like, He's had it for sessions. years. He left... It's, it's was sitting on my bookshelf for, like, over a year because he forgot it here. So we should actually do sessions and, you know, cook some of this shit and yeah. just have... Like these, some like actual themed meals. Yeah, but around like the session, proper yeah. meals because we always, yeah. you know, we all, it, all, it always ends up being snacks or fucking pizzas or hot dogs or yeah, or ordering a like Chinese takeaway or something. Like yeah, that. but actually have maybe not, maybe not to this extent, but maybe some like boar or some fucking <laughs> just, just have like a huge giant roast boar in the middle of the table. <laughs> no maps today, boys. No we maps. got boar. Yep. We got a pheasant. It's a ball game. I'll, I'll see myself out. <laughs> ah, dude, why? Why did you have to ruin a beautiful thing? It was right there. I had to. <laughs> and on that note, ladies and gentlemen, um, I think we're going to call it a day. Yeah, I think we should. <laughs> so thank you to Corvus, Couch, and Sci-Fi some fun, mm-hmm. for some fantastic questions. Uh, thanks to you for, for spending some time with me today, Justin. Very um, welcome. Do you want to just tell the listeners where they can find you on the interwebs? I don't know. After the jokes today, maybe not. <laughs> um, no, all, all kidding aside, guys, uh, you can find me at TV pretty much everywhere. Um, and I do stream some video games and stuff occasionally over on Twitch at the same name. As for me, you can find me at Natural Juan on Mastodon at dice.camp. You can also find me behind most of our social media presences mm-hmm. on Threads, Instagram, and Blue Sky. Mostly mm-hmm. active on Threads lately. There is like a an amazing tabletop role-playing game community that's that's emerging there it's fucking fantastic come and check it out say hi uh, we also have a facebook group that please come along join us interact with us you know keep us on our toes tell us what you like tell us what you didn't like 
And and also, if you did actually like what you listened to, then don't hesitate to leave um, a review, leave us a rating, because these sort of things help us grow, help us mm-hmm. reach more people. And that, again, is kind of why why we do this. So mm-hmm. essentially, you guys are the ones who keep the lights on, and we're going to carry on making content as long as there are people out there wanting to listen to us, which brings me to my final point. Thank you ever so much to everyone who's taken time out of their busy days to listen to two absolute fucking morons waffle on about two Winnie the two Winnie the Pooh type folk <laughs> who waffle on about tabletop <laughs> role playing games. Good night. Good night, guys. <laughs>